I'll do a very short little intro. Okay. Here we are. So. Have to laugh. Yeah. This is for you being grown up now, isn't it? Yeah. Switching gear. <laughs> and us, our personalities now go, see ya. Yeah. Yeah. Come back. Our funny bones go, see you in a bit, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Just because he's picked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, this is brilliant. I am lucky and grateful today to be with two brilliant actors who for the final decade of the bill played two of the longest serving regulars and most popular characters in the bill's rich history 10 years on they're back working together on a brand new theater production and i can't wait to hear all about it so ladies and gents worldwide please welcome the sensational sally rogers and the exceptional chris simmons welcome to the bill podcast Wow, that was a build-up. Yeah, thank you. Well, you, you, des- you deserve it. Please tell us all about the still room. How did this journey begin? Tell us about the production, where the idea came from. Okay, when you're on the bill, you meet a million directors. And because you have just three weeks to shoot it, you have to very quickly make a decision about whether to trust that director or not. I used to watch a director give an actor a note, and if I agreed with the note, then I would go with them. Otherwise, I'd sort of, you know, run on my own steam a little bit. And one of the great, great directors was a man called Nigel Douglas. He was looking for a play. And he asked me to suggest a few plays. So I went through my sort of Ponzi library of the things I've seen at the Royal Court. He read them. He was like, no, 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 no. I know that you write. What do you have? So I sent him a play that I had. And he went, this is it. This is what we're going to do. Wow. So, yeah. So that was like a year ago. And he's a genius dramaturg, so I would send him a draft and he'd go, yeah, but you need to pull out this, and, you know. So uh, we've really worked together on it. From when we worked with Nigel, we had a lovely combination of... Uh, he could really bust your balls, mm. but he could, you could have lots of fun with him at the same time. He was one of them ones that he just literally, you know, he didn't just shine in one bit, he, you know... Very rarely you disagree with him. His, 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 his directing brain was fantastic. You felt super safe with him. Yeah. He let you. He let you explore. He let you. He let you be daft and silly, which was a lot yeah. often what he was. But then when it was time to not be daft yeah. and silly, he'd be like, you know. So people would listen to him. He mm. just. Had, he just had one of those guys that had it. Oh, I thought it would always raise your game. So, for example, I remember there was a scene. Anyone else might have just shot it in, you know, one space. But he decided he was going to do a West Wing number on it. So I think it was me and Scott Maslin in custody. And I think we came out of there, up the stairs, along a corridor, up the stairs, along a corridor, into CID. Mm -hmm. Sounds easy. But, you know, you've got a cameraman walking backwards. And you've got one poor young actor on the top floor yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, could he remember his line every time the last the... line at the end <laughs> the line. Hallway, all the, you know and you can see the sweat on the cameraman's brow and some of the older actors are going to get a little bit pissy and, yes, and he never ever ever 
got ruffled by that at all. You know, and then I was like, oh, custody. It sounds like you're covered in custard. Well, that was just like pathetic. And also we couldn't even get the first four flights of stairs. You know, <laughs> so the fact that we'd managed to get to that bit and then this poor kid couldn't remember that line. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. But he was one of them guys that um, if you keep, he's daft as a brush as well. And if you, if you keep, Scott's like, if you keep laughing at me, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> it's as simple it's as that. Stop, stop laughing, otherwise I'll keep doing it. Yeah. He was like a proper kid, wasn't he, Scott? I don't know whether he's still the same now. He was very fun. He was very fun. An absolute tonic, wasn't yeah. he? You know, you're tired, but it's the end of a long week, you know, and those moments were like, you know, oxygen, really, because you literally are sprinting a marathon on those shows. Yeah. So those moments where you're just howling. And we'd get guest artists come in, and you could see they were like, what kind of unsophisticated farm is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you did need outlets of, you know... Just being a bit silly. And sometimes you'd get guest actors that were very, very... And we knew when to turn it on when we needed to turn it on. But the daftness that the guest actors would look at us, it's like, did they take it serious? <laughs> Which we did, but, you know. Well, it's the chemistry that's there for everyone to see. Exactly. And yeah. what I love about The Bill, in the different eras, the 80s, the 90s, the, the noughties, there's a camaraderie between the cast that has survived... So when you did all that nothing and, and Eric and Trudy and Mark, they all came to see you yeah. in it. I mean, how how rare is that in your experience that 10 years on, but in some cases for Mark and Trudy 30 years on, there's That's a it. friendship that has remained. Yeah, yeah. That's rare in the business, isn't it? Like, yeah. With, the, with them older guys, like, not so much Sal. I'm in touch with Sally. Another friend of mine, Carl Collins, was on the show and Rene Zago a little bit. But apart from those, you're right. There never feels any uncomfortableness for when you're doing a show and I bet you Sally will find this for her own piece that they will come out in droves for her they will come mm. out in droves and you I'm not in touch with Mark Wingett or you know Trudy every every now and again there may be some sort of you know but you're just not you just get on with your own lives but I'm so pleased when I'm doing something I go oh, I'd love them to come and see it and I and I would always go and see them you never feel uncomfortable about bringing them out do you know does mm. that make sense does that make sense or yeah. not yeah, yeah. They, they're very supportive they're always lovely like that you've seen the worst of each other as well as the best of yeah. each other on those yeah. long running gigs you know we're saying it like you we, you bury people you break up with people yeah, yeah. you have a baby you have a, a low point personally and yeah, you know yeah. you, you have to shoulder each other and yeah. hold each other up a lot of the time yeah i, we I, I remember time, we were there all the time. remember kieran griffith who was one of my favorite humans yeah. and i remember him coming up to me going hey sal 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 you know this scene we've got off oh, shit i didn't realize i am learned it mate i'm learned it mate and i, I just remember saying to him don't worry <laughs> don't worry I'll get you through and sticking the lines literally oh. like the you know the generation game just having the lines stuck all over the set and we did we got him through it and you know because it wasn't his fault we, we were knackered yeah, and the, yeah, you know sometimes the, it's just, sometimes the script will change and you know you yeah. have to just be on it and in it so this is the same actor so we're, so we're doing a scene in a in a warehouse and the, the scene was that someone had broken into a vending machine, so the props department had gone to Great Lands to smash the glass on a vending machine. And there was, you know, your regular revels and topics and all in there. And, you he know, was a little scally for yeah, Manchester. He, he, he literally, he's so adorable. So we're all gathered together. You know, we, we are treated like his. We're all gathered together. Okay, don't anybody, don't touch the vending machine. If anybody wants any chocolate, there are three bags of it here. 
don't touch the vending machine. Do Wait, not touch the vending machine. <laughs> okay, right, everyone, so so then 10 minutes later, they've, they've lit the scene. We all gather together to have a read-through. You always read the scene. And I look down and I can see blood dripping off Kieran's forefinger. And I just went, what the fuck? And he just went, like, like only a manx galley could, don't say out, don't say out. <laughs> I was like, don't say out, you're bleeding to death. And he couldn't resist putting his hand in to, to nick a topic. There were bag balls of fur. The topic was four years out of date. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the last I saw of him was off to A&E with his, you know, to get stitches, of course. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. But again, they're just like tired chaos, isn't it? Yeah. This is how much we were together all the time. I was at the Albert Hall once and I chatted to Bruce Byron's wife for the first time and I said, um, so how's uh, Jack? She's like, oh, he's, he's fine, thanks. I went, how's um, Lily? That was it. I said, how's Lily? And I was asking her so many personal questions. She was like, how do you know? She, she was a bit, a bit like, you know, how do you know so much about me? I said, listen, I said, I've been sat in a CID car with your husband for 12 hours a day, <laughs> just me and him for, like, for the last three weeks. <laughs> I said, I said, I know what colour underwear you've got on. Do you know what I mean? But it is, you, you, you know, you, 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 yeah. we are this close to each other for 12 yeah. hours sometimes. Yeah. And interview scenes, it was like, you know. Of course. You couldn't get away from you. That's why, yeah. that's why in a, in a, when, it, when the job was a dream job, it's, there's, there's, there was generally two detectives or two pe- uniforms that would run the story. So your first mm. thing when you open up, oh, I've got a script, on, it's all me, yeah. who am I with? And if you've got someone great, like if it was Sally or, you know, it was Kieran or yeah. you're just thinking, I'm going to have so much fun for three weeks. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, because you're literally... The, the really good directors would recognise the chemistry of those characters that worked together and then they'd let you do some off-the-ball work. Yes. And I, that, yeah. that's my memory of working with you, of like, yeah. you know, ways beyond the, the lines. Yeah. There's a lovely moment where Masters comes in trying to hide the fact she's terribly hungover. And oh, my God, yeah, do you remember? I know exactly that scene. Uh, how do you know I haven't been down at the gym this morning and I've uh, not made myself right, breakfast? Like, oh, you look a bit rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, I go, how do, you, how do you know? And you've still got the stamp on your arm. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the cl- classic. Yeah. But the, the, the banter's there, I can see it in this, in this room. And, and so was, well, presumably it's no coincidence that Chris is starring in your play. That was your... <laughs> did you write the part for him or did you request it? No, him? I didn't, actually. And when I first wrote it... Um, it was for a northern actor and then um, I just thought it would be more interesting to have uh, a southern voice in there and and this is not just because he's sat near me but I, 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 Chris is one of the best character actors of his generation so I just knew that it would be an utter coup to have him mm. and I went to see All or Nothing four times maybe <laughs> So I know that. You know, I've seen, again, <laughs> I seen all his tricks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but but yes, I mean having somebody that you know and like is it does make it easier. Well, what, what's it like when you read something that a friend, a colleague has written? Because that's a very right as you know, writing is a very writing comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. And so what's it like when you actually, when you know the person, you've worked with them in a different way, and then you're reading something that they want you to play? It must be a, it must be a special feeling, I, I can imagine. Yeah. Or pressure. <laughs> yeah, well, the pressure is if you, if, if you, is if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. if you don't yeah. like it, thinking, oh, my God, how do yeah. I get out of this? Yeah. But uh, I did. I loved, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was very funny. I know, yeah. I know how Sally's comedy 
brains and bones sort of work. It's got a lovely pace to it. It has a lovely heart to it. And if I'm being brutally honest and brutally selfish, the reason that, that I did it was I read the part, I was thinking the part's just phenomenal. It's absolutely mm. phenomenal. Would I have done it if, if, if it hadn't have been such a good part? I would have thought about it because I know it would have been fun to work with Sal and it would have been, you know, but the thing that made me go, it was 100% the part. It's, it's a great, great, great part. This guy that's sort of, you know, on his own. On his own. Can I go into saying a little bit about the parts? Yeah. Or this guy that's sort of like, you know, single and, and got a little bit of a hygiene problem and a bit of a confidence problem and, 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 and he can't really look you in the eyes. And, you know, he's working with a lot of these younger girls and he's sort of, you know, just it's just wonderful. It's just yeah. like, oh my goodness. I said to Sally, I can't wait to start rehearsing and trying things and chucking that out and adding that on and you know, rather than other sometimes you read a part thinking, you know, not 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 big headedly, you just think, Oh yeah, okay, I can that's I know how to do that. Yeah. And others you've got so much to think about, you know, and you've got to be able to think, Okay, well I know what I wanna do. Can I actually put it across? Can I be brave enough to try something and yeah. you know, and we whittle it all out and when you know an actor I've now started to refine the part to play to his strengths. Yeah. And actually, I've just remembered, Chris does this thing that I'm going to put in the play, which is, we did it in a scene once, which is he, he can do like a drop. <laughs> it's like a kind of sad 80s dance move where he can just drop down, like almost like a Wigan Casino thing, drop down onto one leg and spin round, and it is guaranteed to make me laugh. Like I said, she knows all my tricks, right? <laughs> but we, there's no reason why you couldn't do that to yeah. show off to that new girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we do it in a scene in the bill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, I'm never going to get it. If they want more than one take, I won't be able to laugh. Well, I did. But what the funny thing was about that, because he did it loads of times, but when you watched it on the monitor, you just saw me... <laughs> but literally bounce out of shot and bounce back up like, like nothing had happened. <laughs> That was a funny yeah. bit, yeah. And we, also had, we also had one director, sorry to veer off the play, I'll totally come back to it. We also had one director who was up on Hollyoaks, actually, Paul Robowski. He was one of the only ones that would record all of the outtakes. Oh and that was, that was when it took you back. Even if you weren't the one that was creasing up in that outtake, you could not watch an outtake but thinking, that was the heart and soul of it, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, when, you, when, the, when the guys like yourself, and uh, when it, if it ever made it onto the TV or, and stuff, you, you, you know, saw what it was like to, for where we worked. But, well, um, there's a lovely rare clip from the behind the scenes of the final day's filming and Simon Rouse has that extremely moving speech. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. breaks down because he's feeling it. Yeah. 20 years yeah, he's had over Yeah, yeah. And the comments are very, so how lovely that it's Chris Simmons Mickey who goes up and gives him a hug yeah. that he so badly needs. And, and that, that is a little window into yeah. the world. And it's there for all us fans to see. Yeah, yeah. But that's, people will be, well, as you saw from your first tweets about this play, that they were so excited. What? These Hallie Rogers has yeah. written this new play, you know, so I think. I thought she was thick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But let's talk yeah. about the writing process. I mean, yeah. And tell us about the play. Sure. So when I was 15, 16, I worked for a tired, rundown hotel. And there were older girls than me, and um, uh, we were banquet waitresses. And being a banquet waitress is very different than a regular waitress because there's a lot more formality to it, and it's silver service. So I was probably terrified 
every single day of doing the job. Mm. You'd have a great heavy, hot flat on your arm with 24 servings of turkey, sloshing hot gravy and, you know, struggling between... And it was just really, really scary. And everyone had a story about, oh, I remember, do you remember Janine? Yeah, she dropped a tray of Zambukas and that just set the whole tablecloth up like a fireball. You know, there were just... It's just a very, very dangerous environment and you've got you know aggressive chefs who want their baked alaska to go out now when it's on fire and you know you're 15 it was just terrifying and also you know me and all the girls were virgins and but we were surrounded by sex right surrounded by it uh the there were a lot of foreign waiters uh this is the 80s you know being walloped on the butt was just a regular thing and Mm. You know, the chefs were always talking about sex and it was just really weird. Mm. I'm sure if any of our fathers had realised what was going on, you know. Do you remember at the time, do you, did you feel like you had to style it out and just sort of think, yeah, I can go along with this and talk about underneath you, was, you know, just terrified? No, because, you see, and this is where it, this is interesting in the play. So I was working alongside my friend Karen, who was almost six foot, and she was a school year older than me. And she had a flipping monkey uni and answer for everything. I mean, you know. Uh, and so I just hung on to her coattails, really. And she, I watched her sass it out. Don't you speak to me like that. I'm going to get my dad to a little, little. And so I just sort of hid behind her a little bit. And I learned quite quickly that actually you can, you can reduce guys to uh, a pool of water with just a, a stare and a sassy word. So, it, so there's a lot of that in the play. There's a lot of that. So it must have been quite cathartic for you to write all this down. It was really. I mean, you know, it's not quite autobiographical. I probably should throw that in because it gets quite dark, the play. Mm. I I just, we had a photo shoot where the girls put the waitress outfits on. And my friend that I'm talking about, my friend Karen, who was this sass head, she's a seamstress. So she made the aprons that they wear. So, you know, that felt just so great for me to tie that all in and... um, the three girls, the stuff that comes out of their mouth, one of them just literally doesn't engage your brain. So it's like, she's it's not dangerous, but it's almost like it's so it's so exciting on what she's going to say next because yeah. she just, it just, it just blurts straight out, you know. And then there's two guys that come, two completely opposite guys in personality-wise, you know, the guy that I play. And then there's another really quite, he's quite cool and, you know, he's probably been with lots of women. And like Sally says, you know, he's just... And they're, and they're all a bit like that with him and it's like the, the, the relationships and virginities being bounded around a lot, isn't it? And, yeah. and, on, yeah. and w- on when to and, and, and how she decides too soon. And it's really, it's really like on the edge, some of the dialogue. Mm. So, so this hotel was up in the hills from where I lived, just outside Manchester. So a Range Rover would come round and pick us all up. You'd see all these kids in black and white at the end of you know all the streets and they'd be picked up and they'd be picked up by this character that Chris is playing and he had the most unspeakable B.O. I have ever been in the presence of and this is a man who was working in banqueting front of house and he would drive and we'd pick us all up we'd all jam our like you know you have your service cloth out you jam that in your face and this poor man 
you know, it's like he just had no idea, no idea at all. And then a, a hotel inspector came and and said, he stinks, that guy behind the bar. And I remember the manageress showed this guy what the inspector had said. And he just said, who could that be? Oh, no. Absolutely no idea. So I've loved exploring that in Chris's yeah. part of just how somebody can be so unaware of their own shortcomings and condition and effect on other people because he's institutionalised. He's lived in, in hotels, all his life. It's a lovely scene that you've written about where one of the girls decides, fuck it, I'll tell him, you know, <laughs> and she t- decides to tell him and it, like you said, he's just like, ah, what? Really? He just doesn't get it, it's him. Oh, it's like, oh, what, worse than the chef? He's yeah, like, yeah, you're worse than the chef. i off onto someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no idea. Yeah. And how long did it take you to write and what, what is your process? Well, I feel a bit moved about this now because I've had play... My play is about class mm. and about how class is totally rooted in confidence. So, you know, I'm a working-class girl. I have a drawer full of plays that I've sat in there, but I haven't had the confidence to push them. Right. And so, actually, it's taken somebody else to pull the play out of the drawer and to say it's good enough yeah yeah so my process has been write a bit hide it away write a bit more and since Nigel Douglas encouraged me to think that we could put this on its feet I've just you know I don't need it I'm very disciplined I'll just go at it constantly because there's someone else yeah and also we had we had a we did a reading in February for the theatre to decide if it was good enough to go on there and a, a writer friend of mine, a professional writer friend of mine, came to see it and he sent it to his agent, who's a big shot literary agent. And he just said to me, you know, I get piles and piles of piles of plays on my desk. This is the best play I've read in a long time. Wow. So, so you, you, you just... That's great. Yes, it, that's it, yeah, but you, you know, you, you just... Yeah. I think it's a class thing that you need someone else's approval, where I think a lot of middle-class people have their own approval yeah, and their own right. sort of internal yeah, yeah. quality control and... Um, so in answer to your question, it's probably taken me two years. Right. But a year of that was messing around, not really driving it to where it is now. I'm really proud of it now. I think, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's good. Absolutely. Do you find now that you feel like you're coming out a bit more and are you, are you dusting that off a little bit more now that someone's actually booted you and stood with you and gone, actually, no, it is, you know, do you find that you're starting to grow out of that side? Because you have humbleness oozing out of you and it's like... I see your face, I've seen your face screw up loads if someone's trying to pay you some sort of genuine compliment. You're not very good at, you know. No, no, I'm not. But, and, and we were just talking about this before you started recording about sort of writer's block. Yeah. I think what I used to do was write the reviews, <laughs> you know. Like, oh, what would a critic think about this? Or where, which theatre would this go on? There's too many swear words and it's never going to go on the national. Oh, mm-hmm. clean it up. Whereas now I can just write. Yeah. But I'm a character actor. I've always been a character actor. That's who I am in my soul. So I just write fascinating humans. That's mm. what... And then I think the story comes out of them. This must be a very proud moment, then, to see your name on a on the Park Theatre website. I'll be proud when all the tickets are sold. Yeah. I think, I think thinking as a producer, you know, that you can, you can make art, but mm. it doesn't mean anything unless 100%. people come and see it. Yeah. Mm. So in a way, now I don't 
need a reviewer or a critic to tell me it's any good. Yeah. I got my mates yeah. to tell me, you know, and so let's just hope. And, and this is where we cross over into the world of, you know, social media is only just smacking you in the face, isn't it? It's yeah. like you've got to, embr- you know, that's where you get involved and, and you go back 10 years and I've just been doing Hollyoaks for the last year or so and and some of the guys on the Hollyoaks have got like nearly a million Instagram followers you're thinking a million Instagram followers to go do something can you post me uh you know that's the way of the world it's like bloody hell it's just another it passed us by a bit didn't it the I remember we was up in the the CID once and somebody said to me go have a look at this it's 04 05 it's this thing called Facebook so it just you know yeah it's just so but as a tool for this sort of thing I'm sure it will you know I I'd I have full confidence that, that it will sell out, you know, especially, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue, no social media, but, you know, Sally and I have already said, well, we know A, B, C, D and E person yeah, with yeah. over 500,000 followers. Yeah. Boom, there you go. Hold, Sally's idea, you hold up the play and it's just how everything moves, isn't it? Yeah. And, and also I think, I think what I did set out to do was write a play that gives me a buzz when I go to the theatre which is, I want it to make me laugh till I cry. I want mm. to be moved. I want to be shocked. Mm. I want to be shaken out of my seat. I want to be challenged. Yeah. So that's what I yeah. set out to do. And It is interesting how social media has evolved. It's like when, you know, when you were making Wayne and Abel. Yeah. Like, even in six, seven years, I think now is a brilliant time to be a creative isn't it in terms of the tools that yes you yes yeah yeah but to actually get a play into a theatre mm. that's that's like mm. that's that's a really big deal mm. I think, you know yeah. so well it's funny because when this literary guy read the play he went have you got any others i went oh mate i've got <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so then i sent my next one to him thinking oh, here we go one trick pony and um, but no, he liked that too. So that's the next that will go on next. Oh. Which one was that? Uh, did you ever read it? Yes. About the estate agent. Yes. yes, I loved it. Yeah, Warren came and read it as well. I, I was sat in the audience. Oh yeah. For yeah. when you had a reading, Adrian yeah. Scarborough read that's for right. you. Amita read. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And Kay Rag, because this is the thing about the the bill people. Yeah. 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 But you know, thinking about that, so we when I arrived at the bill, I'd never sent an email. I don't know how. Don't know whether emails even existed then. They probably did, didn't they? Yeah, Not that yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I arrived at the bill, and the and one would have a script biked over. Mm. I left the bill six years later. Six years, yeah. and my agent went right. You've got an audition. We're just emailing you over the script. Pardon? <laughs> just emailing. What? What? Oh, I don't know. You know, panic, panic, panic eventually got a mate to print off the script and the, the description of the character and, blah, 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 blah. and off I go to this interview thinking this is very weird yeah, yeah. go up I uh, was playing a surgeon all my hair tightly up glasses perched on my nose realise about two minutes into the chat that I'm actually playing a prostitute not a surgeon tease the glasses off let the hards out and so the wrong you know I'd read the wrong thing it had printed oh, wow. it it was a really steep learning curve for me and that was just within six years of the way the business had mm. changed yeah, yeah. I think your agent would phone you <laughs> in those days and tell you what's what now it's just all ten years ago I mean it's it's got to be one of the craziest decisions in history isn't it to take the bill off I mean you you were collecting a BAFTA on the show's behalf 
Yes, within half, yeah, yeah, within yeah. half a year, it's gone. It's yeah. like it was a bit, it was a bit mysterious. I know our old boss, Tim Key. I remember him saying it would never run out of stories. It no. would never ever run out of stories, and some stories were better than others. And and you know, and I think at the time, what I was told was it was financial, uh, it was recession, it was it was post two thousand and eight where everything went crashed, mm. uh, and and five shows from ITV had to go, and mm. that was it. And at the time, I remember because I was on it for such a long time, off and on for ten years. I remember sometimes the ratings were high and sometimes they were low, but when they were low, it never got. It was never going to be taken off. And I remember when it got taken off the ratings were high it just felt like as well that we'd just gone to nine o'clock yeah. it was just getting more even more edgy you know you could get away with a lot more it was shot on hd it really was starting to think wow this is really grown up now this is really great that's when they pulled it off i hope you are all enjoying this interview as much as i did recording it what a pair of absolute legends and lovely people there's more gold dust to come from Sally and Chris in parts two and three. In the meantime, you can book your tickets for the still room by visiting parktheatre.co.uk. Hello, this is Ben Payton and you have been listening to The Bill Podcast with special thanks to Sally Rogers and Chris Simmons. Produced and presented by Oliver Crocker. Co-produced by Paul Dunn, Chris Horner, James Ladane and Alex Mockler. Executive produced by Joseph Beaver, Christopher Booth, Daniel Christopher, Luke Hegarty, Benjamin Hughes, Edward Kellett, Stuart and Jen Morris, Justin Pitt, Tom Sherrington and Patrick Stratford. Brought to you in association with Misty Moon Events. Now after listening to Oliver's excellent podcasts, why don't you check out my film review website, for your films only.com.